oftentimes the labor category that the job is put in has very little to do with what the actual job is. So then it's a, a tap dance of also digging deep with the candidates, saying things differently of what they've done so that it can meet a labor category qualification. So it is, it is a lot. It is, like I said, a, a very delicate dance. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Hi, this is Kathleen, and I'm here with my co-host extraordinaire, Rachel. So you want to say hi to our listeners? I would love to say hi to our listeners, and I would love to say hi to everyone out there. <laughs> so today we're learning from Amy Rao from Shield Consulting Solutions. So Amy is the Director of Recruiting for Shield Consulting, and they're based in Columbia, Maryland, focused on the work of the Maryland customer. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. Amy, as we were chatting a little bit in the green room, you've had a really inspiring path to become a recruiter. Can you share your story with us? Well, like pretty much everyone in recruiting, it's not like I set out to be a recruiter. Um, Recruiting is something that just kind of happens. When I was uh, finishing up my undergrad, I um, got a job at BAE Systems as a receptionist. And it was definitely my first sort of foray into um, the IC. And then the recruiter who worked there at the time, he was like, you could, you could be a recruiter. So he started taking me to, um, you know, different job fairs with him and kind of sort of started teaching me a little bit about recruiting. And then I left there and um, started at a position at a different company in the exact same building um, where I was previously working before. And um, still all the work was within the Fort Meade customer space. And I would still see people that I worked with at the other company at BAE. And it's really where I found that uh, this is a very small world and a very small community. That's sort of how I got into recruiting in general. And then throughout the years and throughout my the, the course of my career thus far, just uh, gone to a few different contracting companies, all within the Fort Meade customer space. Um all pretty much focused on the same types of work, same types of positions, same types of clearance levels. And um, about three and a half years ago, when I was in the market looking for a new position, I um, was familiar with Shield. Uh, their their former recruiter was somebody who was actively involved in the recruiting roundtable group that I'm a part of, and um, she let me know that they were looking for a new recruiter. So you know, I met with them and started working there about three and a half years ago, and it's been a really great experience ever since. 
I just love that journey. Starting out as a receptionist and then having that aha moment. I love that example and that journey there. And appreciate you sharing a little bit more about just kind of how you landed at Shield. So now that we know where you've landed, would you mind telling us a little bit more about Shield Consulting Solutions? Sure. We are a veteran-owned small business. Um, All of our work is within the uh, Fort Meade customer space, and we support a a variety of various contracts from an IT infrastructure and support standpoint, Um, everything from systems administration to engineering to software development. Um, and sort of everything in between. We're on a lot of contracts within this customer space. I would take that they're probably all in support of the Maryland customer in the Columbia area, but are any of them outside of the area? No, all of our positions that that we support are, like I said before, uh, direct support of the Maryland customer. So we have positions in Linthicum, Laurel, Columbia, Annapolis Junction, but all pretty much within a a 15-minute radius of the the main campus. So it's a crazy world. So much competition, so many places to go, so many things to do. So as a subcontractor, what do you think really sets apart Shield from all of that competition? I think the thing that really sets us apart is that we really do have a fantastic, fantastic retention structure. As a recruiter going into it, I don't think there's anything that I'm telling a candidate that they're not necessarily hearing from 10 other recruiters. You know, every company is going to tout their amazing benefits. Every company is going to tout their family-friendly activities. Every company is going to, to talk about the, the things for their employees, the training benefits, the happy hours, the team lunches, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, it really is hard to, to pinpoint what sets Shield apart. It really isn't until people join Shield and join the company that they really kind of get hooked, if you will on shield and and all that we have to offer and they really from that standpoint see that um shield means what they say about putting their employees first because of that we have a fantastic retention rate people stay at shield i mean we have a huge percentage of our employee population that's been with Shield for five to ten year range, and then ten years and beyond, which in the Maryland customer space is is practically unheard of. So it's mm-hmm. it's been great. So speaking of retention, I mean, is there something that Shield did particularly during the pandemic that really set them apart from your competitors? We were checking in with our employees all the time. Um, We were in communication with them weekly during the pandemic. There there was never a time that we weren't answering emails or calls or texts from them. SHIELD did a great job of just communication throughout the whole pandemic. We did a few um, 
virtual company events. We did a couple of trivia nights, which were really fun. And just having having our owners check in with people was, was really helpful. And especially, you know, so many of our employees were on the one week on, one week off schedule and making sure like they were just sort of being to feel or still made to feel like they were a part of the company. I, I think a lot of our employees really appreciated that. Yeah, I know that it was it was really hard during the pandemic that so many uh, companies had to really think of various different strategies on how to feel make your employees during a very stressful time feel engaged. And so many of the companies in the Maryland space support such a critical mission that it's really hard to think how was everyone supposed to quickly pivot and change and engage and still do work and still do it all. So really kudos to you and and your management team. So getting back to really talking about how you support candidates, when you were talking earlier with one of my colleagues, you were talking about how the importance of transparency and giving the candidates permission to be transparent about the other employers they're talking to. So this is really a big deal for a lot of people because especially now in the tight market, they're talking to many different employers. So can you share your thoughts on how this impacts the overall process? I will say that I don't think... Um, people talking to many employers at once is something that's new to our industry. I feel that's something that has always been very prominent within the, within our Maryland customer space. I think allowing candidates to not feel weird about that or to not feel like they have to be secretive about that is is really of the utmost importance and even from my initial conversation with a candidate I let them know hey if you're talking to other companies it's totally fine lots of people do it and I just need you to know what what projects they're talking to about because if they're already submitting you to a certain contract, we here at Shield can't submit you to that same contract. So really it is a big part of just educating the candidates that, you know, they need to be aware for themselves that they have to know where their resume is going and who it's going to. And that, you know, if they are talking to multiple companies at once, it may limit the possibilities that we have for them here at Shield. But they don't have to feel like they they have to play some savvy game of getting hired and, and things like that. And the fact that they're allowed to feel like a sigh of relief, I think, is um, really a great way to also, you know, let them know that they, they can trust us and it's okay. Um, and that really open and honest behavior with your recruiter is, is the best way to, to kind of proceed. Is it bad to give praise hands? Like, can you see that on a podcast? I'm just saying, yes, yes, that's absolutely <laughs> right. It's all about that transparency and honesty. And and I think you said it just wonderfully about 
allowing the candidate to feel. Um, there's the humanity and there's just that side of it about being honest. And it is a two-way street. And I know something that your organization does really well is just transparency on so many levels, but especially around salaries. So could you tell us just a little bit about your philosophy on the transparency that goes along with salaries? I I love the way Shield operates in that standpoint. Um, we are very transparent with our people. We basically take the the guesswork out of being a candidate, and we say, "Here's the job that needs to be done, and here's how much we can pay you to do that particular job." From there, it's up to the candidate whether or not that's an opportunity they want to pursue. Um, because obviously, we are at Shield 100% subcontractors. This time, we don't have any prime work, which is fine, and we just focus on being the best subcontractors we can be. But being a subcontractor, you are sort of bound by what labor category a person can map to on the contract they they want to work on and so much of my job at shield is is educating our our candidates and our employees on those labor category qualifications and how that pertains to the salaries that we're able to offer and you just teed up our next question so beautifully. I read mean, it's almost like you're reading what I what what I want to say in my head. So let's talk a little bit more about labor categories because I really don't think job seekers understand how this drives compensation. That they think that the companies are com- in complete control of what the compensation is. So share with our listeners why it's important for cleared professionals to understand this concept of a labor category and how it drives the compensation they're going to get for the work they do. As a subcontractor, yes, we have little to no control over labor category requirements. And and these labor category requirements, they're not even mandated by the prime most of the time. They they come down from the government. The thing that's hardest in in our industry that I think is can you actually do the job that needs to be done is sort of tertiary. You know, primarily we have do you have the right clearance level? And then secondarily we have can you meet the labor category requirements that the position is opened in? And then third is, can you actually do the job that needs to be done? And whether or not that's, I'm not saying that's good or bad or right or wrong. I am just saying that as a subcontractor for the Maryland customer, that is the world we live in. So a lot of that is just education of of candidates and saying that's that's great that you can do XYZ listed in the job description. You don't have A, B, and C needed in the labor category requirement and showing them what the requirements are. And it's also hard because every contract has different labor category requirements and different rates associated with those labor category requirements. And oftentimes, the labor category that the job is put in has very little to do with what the actual job is. So then it's a a tap dance of also digging deep with the candidates of figuring out maybe different ways 
saying things differently of what they've done so that it can meet a labor category qualification. Um, so it is, it is a lot. It is, like I said, a, a very delicate dance. But I think once a candidate understands that the labor category supersedes a job description, they're a little bit more understanding and willing. There's a lot of people that think, oh, well, once I get this certification, surely that's going to affect the kinds of salaries I can I can get. And that is more often than not, not true. A lot of it is driven by education and your years of experience and the type of degree you have and and all of that stuff. So training classes don't necessarily count towards experience. Some certifications do count, some don't. Some labor categories accept extra experience in lieu of a degree, some don't. So, you know, really it is just talking to the candidates over and over again about these are the labor category requirements and without meeting these requirements, it is going to be very difficult to even get your resume in front of somebody on the contract for them to to review. That's the the parameters of of I what I have to work in, so I do the best I can with it. An important part of recruiting is the candidate. And it's really, you know, it's being able to marry all of those things that you talked about, or delicate dance, I think is another way that you framed it. But it's being able to understand where their education is, those different labor categories, the competitors, will the, can you submit them, all of those different pieces, all while still just being human. So can you talk to us just a little bit about how you're able to build that trust with the candidate? All of those things going on in that beautiful mind of yours, but still being able to build a relationship and have a conversation where they walk away feeling like you are a trusted person. So how can how do you build trust with a candidate? It, it really is just pure, unadulterated honesty. That is something that from the very first time I speak to a candidate, I am honest with them. I am honest with them above everything else. So whatever it is, whether it's about experience, whether it's about a salary level, maybe they're they're not quite qualified yet to do the type of position that they want to do. I'm honest with them about that up front. So when we were chatting about what was happening with the pandemic and that you had some uh, candidates who were on the one week on, one week off, which in talking to several of my colleagues who were involved in that, they found that very disconcerting because it was really hard to navigate uh, project management. But I was wondering... Are there any, since you hire for primarily polygraph candidates, are there any partially remote or remote positions possible? We are seeing that on occasion, um, and it's more in the positions um, that are surrounding a little bit more of the software development type of work. That's where we're seeing it primarily when it does pop up. very much wish we were seeing it a little bit more across the board, but 
you know, we're not. And then the other types of positions, it's on a, on a very rare occasion, we'll see a, a position that has, you know, a systems administration component that can offer partial remote or some sort of systems engineering component that can offer partial remote. Those positions do pop up on occasion, but not very often. And even the remote work that we do see, it's not consistent. Certainly, I think everybody across the board hopes that the customer will be able to offer that more often and be able to offer it more immediately than what it is. But unfortunately, it does it does take time for our customer to sometimes catch up with things. So we kind of just have to be patient and, and hope that it's going to become more and more frequent. Wonderful. And so you've really been able to share with us just a little sneak peek into your, the way that you recruit, the way that you talk to candidates and all of the amazing things that you do. And since you've set the stage so beautifully, I know that the listeners are going to want to get in touch with you. So how in the heck can they get a hold of you, Amy? They are um, more than welcome to, they can reach out to me via LinkedIn. They can um, Facebook stalk me. They can put out like the bat signal or something like that for me. Smoke signals, like homing pigeons. Like, I mean, you're open to every app. That is amazing. You can just stand (laughs) in the middle of your street and yell. I'll find a way. (laughs) Like if if you want to find me. I will find a way to find you. But my actual contact information is A-R-A-U at shieldconsulting.com. You can also go to to our website, and um, which is shieldconsulting.com, and click on the contact button there. Um, so those are the, the probably easiest ways to get a hold of me. But like I said, I'm out there, so... Wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you so much. We really, really appreciated your time today. Thank you for having me. So that was Amy Rao of Shield Consulting Solutions, someone that I used to network with at those really fabulous events up in the Maryland area where it really is a sort of small community. Everyone really knows each other. And as she was sharing in her talk about being a recruiter that you know you run into candidates you run into program managers but what I really loved is how she just loved where she was working and how they took care of the employees during the pandemic and how she really loves working with the owners of the company what about you Rachel what did you like I just love the ooey gooey honesty that existed from everything that she shared. Being willing to just be so transparent with the candidates, be honest, not make them feel uncomfortable if they are having multiple conversations with different employers and being able to be honest about that and and look out for their best interests. So I, I just really appreciated that about Amy and just being willing to share the different opportunities that exist within SHIELD and uh, just telling us a little bit more about those labor categories because who doesn't love to learn about labor categories (laughs) so we are so happy that you decided to join us today we know that you have many things to do but we are so excited that you chose to spend some time with us today so make sure you go out there subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcasting platform we will see you next time have a great day